the podcast and moresportsnow.com. We cover both sides of the Hudson. Steve Tichner joining me in the studio is Matt Lachlan. And on the line, we're joined by our own John McAlevey. Uh, today, we'll talk uh, some local college hoops. And then we have to get into some football because a lot went afoul over the weekend, guys. But uh, let me start with my favorite subject, guys, and that's uh, Rutgers basketball. And and I got to tell you, you know, two weeks ago I was at the Ohio State game. It was a huge win for Rutgers against a then-ranked uh, Ohio State uh, team. But, you know, reality set in quick, didn't it? They went out to the Midwest there. You got blown out in, in Minnesota, just a horrible second half against Purdue. They were just two blowouts. And then they came home, and, and you know, you got Northwestern. You got a team on the bottom half of the Big Ten. That's If you're going to be anything in this conference, those are the kind of games you absolutely have to win. They did not. They did not play well. Uh, Northwestern gets out of there with a, with a close win, a road win there. And I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, the game against uh, Nebraska, I thought, you know, listen, I did not think they were going to win that basketball game. And then when they went down, I think at one point it was 31-18. I'm like, here we go. Then they go on a 15-0 run. Uh, it was sparked by uh, Omarui, Eugene Omarui, coming back from a dislocated kneecap, and he gave them a big boost. He really did. And you know, and also Geo Baker played the way Geo Baker needs to play because he's he's a star on that team. And if he doesn't play like a star, then they're in trouble. So he had a good night. Uh, Miles Johnson came out. Uh, Peichel did a great job coaching. I mean, Nebraska throws a lot of different zones at you. He did a great job, and they they broke those zones down and and they got easy baskets. And I, it was just a really an excellent effort and a very good Nebraska team here. I mean, they got a couple guys that they're, they're, they you know get a good looks from uh, from NBA scouts. I mean, James Palmer certainly, uh, Isaac Copeland likely as well. So. I mean, they got some very good. They're not deep, but they got some very good players. I mean, look, they beat uh, you know Seton Hall at a rough time early in the season. Of yeah, course, in that, Nebraska. that was in Nebraska, which is a tough place to play, and it was early in the season as well. But still, yeah, because I mean, they've lost two in a row now, yeah. and they're below five hundred in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're only thirteen and six. I wonder. Right. You know, remember when we had Jerry Carino on a few weeks ago, and he was talking about. Uh, Seton Hall last year and those four guys uh, that have now moved on, Ish Sanogo and Kadeem Carrington and uh, Miles Powell, uh, not Miles Powell, um, Desi Rodriguez and and Angel Delgado. At any rate, you know, they had other things on their minds, right? Uh, are we going to play professionally? And you just wonder if some sure. of that's showing. Uh, and Seton Hall overcame oh, perhaps, that. Yeah, oh, you definitely. wonder if some of that's rearing sure. its ugly and, head in Lincoln. And, and the problem is they're, they're not really deep. They count on those top guys, but they're... they're but it was a nice win for Rutgers, for sure. Yeah, absolutely a nice win. I was not expecting it. And I was at a point where it's like, okay, where is this season going after the Northwestern loss? I mean, I, yeah, yeah, they're a young team. Yeah, they're growing, all that. I mean, do I need to care anymore or what and this brought me back I you know it was a big comeback and and I thought uh, I thought it, uh, they showed a lot of guts and Omar Rui man came back and, and really gave them a big boost what do you think Johnny I was looking for you first of all behind the bench yeah because I, I've seen you back here's there. the thing I hadn't seen Sandy in a while it was a holiday she was making dinner and all that because Joel uh, you know, offered and and I uh, I you know and I would have been right behind that bench again and uh, <laughs> you know so but you can uh, have dinner in the summer, Sandy. You'll see him in the summer. Come <laughs> right. on, That's right, right. Absolutely. So I so I watched Listen, it. My my takeaway, Steve, is you, you've hit uh, a lot of the nails on the head. They were missing uh, Eugene Omaruyi for a while. He had been out, but to me, the the key is that. Uh, you know, you knew what you were going to get from Geo Baker. You were hoping you were going to get things because we read good stuff about Peter Kiss coming over as the transfer. Mm-hmm. But to me, the story is the freshmen. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what more can you say? Montez Mathis has been their best player aside from Geo Baker over the last four or five games. And now Miles Johnson gives you a, a low post score. He had a double-double uh, against Nebraska. And he's only going to get better. He looks like he could get – once he gets in a really tip-top shape, I mean, I think they have something going there. They have some big guys. They have some guards. They mm-hmm. have a, a, a consummate point guard coming in next year in Mulcahy. You know, if they can hold the fort here, they've got two wins in conference. If they could get up to four, maybe five wins in the conference this year, then, you know, th- then it's a positive season, I think, for them. Well, the important thing here is to stay out of the basement. I mean, I know that's where it is right now, but they don't want to be a last place team. In well, the they should. Penn State stinks. And, and, Penn St- and, and by the way, oh, they're going to Penn State. Right, but and, and that'll be a big M- challenge because it's on the road, and that's where a young their team only, can stumble. It's their only road win in the Big Ten is, yeah. is Penn State. So, um, you know, they can revisit that, and, and one would hope they're almost expected to win, which is a trap because, you know, yeah, Penn State does stink. They've been struggling. They were actually pretty good at the beginning of the season. They were rated, ranked for highly uh you know at the beginning of the season but bagel it's, and they eight were really good yeah. last year yeah and just uh whatever happened they just haven't developed the way a, a lot of people thought they would so the nittany lions are struggling big time is a big opportunity for ruckers but also pretty big trap game a, as well but again and yeah you're right john uh, montez mathis is just he's is really developing it's exciting to watch him and he's a guy who can give you might very well be able to give you a 20 a night the way he drives to the basket but i think again and i'll go back to the big key being you know, geo baker has not played well in 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 this uh that little swoon they had and and I remember last year, he had whatever, he had the flu or something. It took him a while to get back on track. I don't know if anything like that happened, but he was just wasn't himself. I know he's out of position. He may not be thrilled with that. Maybe maybe coach gave him a little talking to him and said, listen, we need you, and we need you in that position, and we need you to step up because he he stepped up big. He looked like the star that they need him to be. He's the, he's the, one of their best players, and he has to. And, and at, at one point you'd say he's he's you know the best player, but you know Omarui and and uh, and Montez Mathis now. I mean the three of them are you know can if they're on all three of them they can be a dangerous team without question. Well, you hit the nail on the head, Steve. He's playing out of position. He's not a point guard. He's mm-hmm. more of a, a natural two guard. He's a slasher, but let's face it, he's a, he could be a deadly three-point shooter. That's what he was recruited as, as a, as a shooter. You know, they're getting some things out of Caleb McDonald, and he's a big guy playing some point six six. Yeah, he struggled he a little out, bit but, and even did against yeah, Nebraska. But, he's not but really, yeah, he's not really, a, uh, you know, someone I think they're going to be counting on in the future. This Paul Mulcahy is the guy they're going to give him the ball, I would think, from day one with his headband and let him run the show. He's more of a pass-first point guard uh, and, and a terrific passer at that, a crafty guy. He sits behind the, the Rutgers bench pretty much for every one of their games. He can't wait to get there. And I think early on, I, as I said, I think they will give him the ball from day one, and if he can handle the handle the chore, then, then it will be his hopefully for four years. But, um, yeah, Baker's out of position right now, but he's doing the best that he can, and he's getting some help now from Mathis in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. But, again, I go inside. Miles Johnson is yeah. really giving them great minutes. Yeah, and he was, had a terrific game against Nebraska. He got Shaq Carter looking good, too, so they got some people in the low post there that can uh, that can score now. Uh, you know, Shaq Dorson, more of a defensive guy, never really had good hands or good po- low post moves, but these guys do. So we're seeing an element that we haven't seen in a long time at Rutgers. So, uh, so it is exciting. Let's move on to Seton Hall and Matt. You know, three straight losses, a, a great story, some big upsets early in the season. 
Um, and they lost to DePaul twice. Now, now DePaul beat St. John's. Is, is DePaul a good team? I mean, it was... Hey, newsflash. DePaul's pretty darn good. Well, They're better. Yeah, they okay. are. But right. still, I, I, you got to beat DePaul at home, John. That's for sure. Uh, they should. They, they played no defense. They got crushed on the boards at the Rock on Saturday. Uh, the loss, and a high-scoring there. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 97-94 mm-hmm. was the final score. But, um, yeah, you know, I think it's just one of those – well, it's it's a it's a it's a check time, you know. It, like, what are you all about? Because is it a situation where they're not surprising anybody anymore? I mean, there's a little bit of surprise. Some guys yeah. stepped up. Some of the young guys stepped up and say, "Hey, this is a pretty good team." Now they get scouted, and I don't know. And the, and the Big East is also. I mean, look, it's a, it's a damn good conference. Yeah, I, I don't know. You still beat DePaul. I mean, mm-hmm. you shouldn't lose to DePaul at home. There's mm-hmm. just 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 no way. Um, but I agree with you, John. They are a better team than they have been in the last several years. Uh, They've got a few pros on that team, Matt. I think Max Struess is a pro. I mean, a guy can – you have to guard him like one step inside the three-point line. Yep. This kid, Paul Reed, could be the Big East comeback player of the year. I mean, he was outstanding against Seton Hall. He did everything right. He couldn't keep him off the boards. And, um, you know, finally, maybe does, does um, Dave Lato have it going in, in Chicago? Because DePaul has been a sleeping giant for many years, and – they have a brand new building on campus. There's a lot of uh, a buzz about the program. He's got a couple of good recruits coming in. It would be great for the Big East if, if DePaul does, uh, you know, step up and, and meet the challenge instead of being in the basement every time. But um, I agree, you have to beat DePaul at home. But they're no patty cake anymore. No, they, they have improved. Still, I think you have to check, uh, chalk that up as a win. So we'll see. Um, the the uh, the Pirates aren't a very you know, physical team. They can, they've got, you know, Mamu there, but he's the, I mean, he's got a rebound. Uh, They don't board. They just, they haven't. That's been a problem all year long. So uh, look, they've got a week to prepare less than that. Now uh, for Villanova, that's going to be a huge problem (laughs) on Sunday. Nothing can get you more on track than going to Villanova. But they have a week to work on things. You know, Willard was saying afterward that they had a lot of games. They did. uh, He he took issue also with the scheduling as well in terms of everything being so tight. Guess what? He has a major hand in the schedule. There's not a college basketball coach in America who doesn't have his hand on the schedule. So, Kev... Thanks for throwing whoever you wanted to throw under the bus, but nothing gets done without you saying yes. So stop. Right. It's like a football guy saying, oh, how could we have a week off? No, you set the schedule. The Mm -hmm. AD doesn't set the schedule. Mm -hmm. You set the schedule. So stop. Same thing at Seton Hall. Kevin Willard has a big head in in the schedule. Now, can he tell the Big East we need to play fewer uh, road games in this period of time? He cannot do that, but Mm -hmm. play your schedule. Mm-hmm. Play your schedule, mm-hmm. uh, and so, but they've got a week to work out some of the kinks defensively. He said that was the big problem they had gotten away from their game. So we'll see, but it won't be easy. Now it looked like they were going to have a a, a really good season, and now I, I won't say it's teetering, but I think given who they have to play and where some of those games are and how the season ends, I did a daily brief on it the other day. Mm-hmm. They end at home, but those games are against Marquette and Villanova. That's way down the road. They still have to go to Butler. That's not easy. Uh, so. Uh, they have to go to Creighton. Creighton's not Creighton, but they still have to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you it's would, not going to be easy. You would think. Even, but I like what Miles Powell said. Like he said, "Look, we got it." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. I think he's a great leader, mm-hmm. and and he said he and Enzi, like we got it. We'll, we'll yeah, figure and, it out. 
and the bottom line is, you know, they had some impressive wins early, but the thought is that they still have to be, you know, above 500 in the Big East to, to make the, uh, to oh, make I would the th- tournament. I would think they would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the challenge, you know? Yeah. Moving Isn't forward. this kind of where we, I don't know, I, it's basically where I sort of thought that they would be. They, they didn't just lose a player. They lost four cornerstone players from their team. Yep. Three of them are are not all-time Seton Hall guys, but Angel Delgado is. And, and Desi was a terrific player when he wasn't fighting with the head coach. And Kadeem Carrington was, was what the kids like to say, a bucket getter whenever you needed it. Those guys were given... Now they're gone, and now you're starting from scratch with Miles Powell, who had a nice season last year, but now he's got to step up and be the leader. And you're filling in with with Miles Kale, Sandro Mamu Kalishvili, Michael Enzi, who's really not a, a Big East caliber power forward guy. So for me, I think they're right about where they should be. The early wins, I think, blew people's perspective out of control. They beat Kentucky. They, they go out and get a couple of other. They win at Maryland. So I just think as a, as a Seton Hall observer, they're, they're right where I thought that they would be when the season started. And to me, it's it's a positive year. You know, you get those big wins and you start thinking bigger things. But I think, what is it, water seeks its level. And I think that's right about where they are right now. Well, I, I can't disagree with you, John. But I will say this, and I go back again to Paul. Now, maybe they shouldn't have beat St. John's. Questionable call at the end, obviously benefited them. Uh, but True. you you, you got to be able to close out DePaul at home. I, I, I don't care. I don't care if they're improved. I don't care if Seton Hall surprised people and they're finding their own level. Close out DePaul at home. They just couldn't find a way to play any right. defense. And like I said, crushed on the boards. I think it was like 42 to 19, maybe. I mean, it was uh, yeah. absurd. What the- I caught it at the end of the second half, and, I, and, the, and the score was in the 40s. I'm like, is anybody playing defense here? Or the what's end going of the on? first half, you mean? Uh, first half, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm wondering if anybody's playing any defense. It's like, you know, and then again, it's a, a score in the 90s. It's like guys, guys took off on one side of the floor for, for sure. So. I'm still really surprised that they, they haven't been able to get – more out of that Torian Thompson. As I said, I saw him play at a prep school tournament two years ago. He was the best player on the floor. Roy Williams was there to see him. There were guys from all the major conferences, Rick Barnes and and all the Big East coaches were there. They all wanted him. Jim Boeheim got him. He had a terrific freshman season at Syracuse, decides to transfer closer to home at Seton Hall, and now it's like he's in the witness protection program. We heard from... um, John Fanta told us that he's, you know, he doesn't necessarily pick up the defensive schemes and whatnot. But the guy oozes talent. He's six foot nine. He's a pogo stick. He could help out on the boards. I'm just so surprised that they haven't been able to, to, uh, to unlock what he has there and got get more out of him. Yeah, he's been a disappointment, no question. So much was expected of him, and we haven't seen much of anything there. That's for sure. Well, it starts on Sunday against Villanova. Let's see. You know, maybe these guys can find. I mean, that's like I said, nothing will get your season more on track. Than going to the uh, you know national champions house and uh, and and beating them. Of course, that's going to be a tough one. Nineteen ninety four. Last time they beat them the in the, uh, on the road. Chalk, chalk Whoa. That one up to a w. So that means they're overdue. So. Hey, yeah, you can chalk up. Uh, wait till the Friars come to town. That will be a w. There you on go your, uh, on your schedule. Right. Well, no, the Wallace Seton Hall went to um, the Dunkin' Donuts Center and didn't have much uh, uh, well, they luck there. Well, they turned the over like a, a hundred times. They yeah, did. Another issue, yeah. turnovers. I yeah, was, they were sloppy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that game set the game of basketball back about 100 years. <laughs> My team was terrible as well. But that you know what, Johnny, you watch. love it. Who came out on the right side? Right. No, I know. I, I well, Listen, we needed to get a win, but it was an ugly game. But you take it, as you said. You don't throw back any wins. But that was not uh, not anybody's great calling card. So <laughs> we'll see. They, they yeah. come. I think the Friars are in town in the next week or so. Right. They are, they yeah. Two weeks. Well, let's Absolutely. move away from our backyard. Let's talk some football because, and then before we even get into the matchups or the Super Bowl, I mean, we have time for that. But let's talk about what happened over the weekend. I mean, we can start uh, with the Rams Saints game and that no call because, I mean, this is a big story. I mean, there was a there's a uh, businessman from New Orleans who took out a, like a dozen uh, billboards in Atlanta. You know, basically saying I didn't see any pictures of it yet. I just heard a report on the radio, but basically saying, "Hey, no, we got ripped off." And, um, you know, I mean, so I'm not a big Sean Payton fan. I mean, that whole bounty gate, I mean, that, that's, that was bad stuff. He, he did get suspended. But I, I, felt, I felt for him, man. That was just because it's just so obvious. And, and you see pictures of the ref looking right at the play. And um, it was so much on the line. I mean, you're talking about going to the Super Bowl after a long season. And you got to feel for Drew Brees, one of the classiest guys that ever played the game. And uh, it's just really, really, man, that's a tough one. Oh, it's impossible. How you you can't miss that call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard from the league. I'd like to hear that they spoke to the officials responsible for that call. Not only the guy looking right at it, but anyone else who would have that in their point of view. How? What were you thinking? How did? That's not a questionable call. That's not debatable. Yeah. Uh, and forget about the helmet to helmet, the head to head hit. It's not a debatable call. It's interference. Not even close. <laughs> I mean, not it, even close. Yeah, it, it, awful. Oh, here's what, awful. Honestly, if we're going to say that players choke, the ref choked. No question. He's a human being, mm-hmm. and in a critical moment, uh, he choked. So the question— so Whatever was going on in his yeah. head, whatever he saw, whatever prevented him from reaching for that flag, he choked. And there's no explanation that he can give uh, or— Again, any of the other guys who saw it and failed to throw a flag. I mean, because how many times do you see a penalty called and there's a flag that comes flying oh, yeah, in because a right. guy 30 yards away saw it? So sure. other people had to see it. If that's the NFL, tell them we'll take that call and we'll talk about it. At any rate, choked. I mean, I, there's, no, there's, there, I mean no question. So the question. But, but here's what I yeah. say. And I've heard people go, oh, and the NFL had a terrible day on Sunday. And that was a terrible, terrible call. And it's a Mm -hmm. black mark. There's no Mm -hmm. question. But all those calls going New England's way in the second game, but they were all right. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say uh, let humans officiate. Because then there's an egregious error made. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm of the uh, opinion that you let humans call the game. Then in which case, the ball did go off of Justin Edelman and Kansas City should have had it because that's how the guy saw it. So you can't have it both ways. People go, oh, all the reviews went there. Well, if you want to get the call right, then you got to get the call right. Uh, Humans be damned. So the NFL will come up with some way to correct this situation moving forward. Doesn't do the Rams uh, 
damn bit of oh, good. Man, it's a, or the, the uh, Saints, Saints a damn bit of good. But that's what I wanted to ask. I mean, what can be done in that spot? And let's go back to the Saints, that that missed call there. What can be done in that spot? Is there like challenge. inside of – There has to be a way to of, challenge it. Inside of four minutes, the, you have to be able to challenge the, the a no call, though? I mean, if, the, if someone dropped the flag, that's a different story. But a no call, what do you do? Like, wait a minute. Because then where does it end? Well, that, I, all, that's the dilemma, you know I mean? right? That's the dilemma. You open up Pandora's box and you don't know what you're going to get. So it's not like they'll come up with a ruling, I don't think, for the Super Bowl. I have an idea. Go ahead, John. I think we need instant replay for the instant replay. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, how about and make I mean, the game I mean, seven but hours listen, long? I, but I've made this point, and I know I'm, I'm talking about making it, you know, making it easier. Just have they want to keep everything on the field with this, with this, uh, this grand referee crew that can't even get the call right. You know, get some help in New York. Have people in New York, officiating crew in New York that backs them, that is seeing it and seeing it immediately as as fast as we see it, and saying, no, 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 wait, you got to you you got to. Throw a flag on that. You miss that guy. So you know something where, yeah. and, and then the head crew guy has it in his. Uh, like you have to throw it. Some something I, along those me, lines. Someone watching them. It's really serious. Well, they are being watched. New York. I mean, and and whoever runs the referee crew has to be absolutely livid. He has to have the. He has to get those guys in a room and be. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm sure. It's kind of like at the brewery or something. If something went went <laughs> way wrong at a party or something. Where I would just, oh, just would, light into the staff. But, but there's I mean, there's reviews that go on all the time. Right. And, and, and whoever was most guilty of failure will be not only sanctioned, but may not be back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they do that constantly. Yeah, exactly. Right. But then again, that, that goes back to, do you fire somebody for one mistake as egregious as it was? But we could get into that all day. But yeah, no, there'll be sanctions. Of course there will be. Here's, yeah. here's the difference. In the World Series, and if that were a play at home plate, we would know that it was fill-in-the-blank, Bruce Dreckman or Phil Cuzzy or whoever the umpire you want to – we don't know who the person was that, that obviously was watching the cheerleaders because that was the most blatant penalty perhaps in the history of the National Football League, and not one, two, three, four – nobody saw that? Well, uh, and you can find out, and I'm sure if you go online, I haven't, you can find out who the guy was because they were assigned positions, whether side judge, back judge, field judge, whoever has that responsibility. You could find out who it is, but I agree. It hasn't been publicly made, uh, at at least easily. Yeah, baseball, you know, and you would, we would see, we'd take his mask off and the camera would be on him. But I mean, that, that was probably the most egregious time. That guy could have been arrested on the street for not it's, a misdemeanor. It's going to that be. That was a felony. John, <laughs> it's it's a felony be, in, in New Orleans, that's for sure. It's going to be talked uh, talked about forever. I mean, it's going to be one of those. It's, it's, Can it's I give that you kind an of. Side note, we had that. That was Sunday, and the winds were picking up, and it was freezing cold around here. We had a tree go down around the corner from us. So our power went out right after uh-huh. breeze hit. Uh, Ted Ginn to put the ball at like the 19 yard line with, with like a minute and change to go. So here I'm thinking the game is over. Then the power comes back and I see this hullabaloo about this and I caught the overtime. And then we watched the first half of the, the Patriots game and they were running away with it. And the power went out again. And then we come back and the power comes back and the Patriots are losing and they're going in to retake the lead. So it was a very choppy oh, game. I did not see any of the the crazy calls in the Patriots game. I, and I didn't see the, the, um, 
egregious one in the New Orleans game until I saw it on tape. Right. So it was a well, very now, choppy day. Now, the, the Rams' argument is going to be clear, and it is clear. Listen, you, you, this, there was still football being played, and you still could have won the game. And then, you know, a bad call, whatever. No one's denying it's not even the uh, the if head of officiating admitted it. But still, there's still, oh, yeah. there's still football being played. That's the bottom line. I mean, Sean Payton did a good, you know, he, he made it clear, and I would have too in the press conference. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree that there was football to be played and, um, you know, the interception thrown right in OT setting up the, the yeah. winning points. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you don't have to make those mistakes. Lou Lam- I, I've said this before, uh, Lou Lamorello in 2012, five minute major penalties called on, uh, Steve Bernier, uh, against the devils LA in what turned out to be their clinching game, game six, uh, scores three times. Mm-hmm. And it was a questionable call. The officials had missed one, uh, against LA earlier, uh, minutes before they call this major penalty and it changed the course of the game. And ultimately the devils lose and they lose the Stanley cup. And Lou Lamorello said, you know, afterward, yes, we don't think it was the good call, but we didn't have to give up three goals. Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's one way of looking mm-hmm. at it. Right. You know, we, didn't have to happen. So yeah. um, that's taking the high road. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, no, I'm sure yeah. he was screaming sure. behind the scenes, but publicly that was his stance. At any rate, yeah, New Orleans still could have won that game. Yep. But uh, just a terrible, terrible call. And, the, and yeah. the league will come up with something. Their problem, though, is as we mentioned, every time you come up with something, it just extends the friggin' game. Mm-hmm. And these yeah. games take forever. And yeah. everything is looked at in that. Patriots game there were so many catches non-catches called I think they got them right but I think something along the lines of how many times you're going to stop something along the lines of an officiating crew in New York backing the crew on the field and 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 that being you know the kind of the main brain or something yeah. where I mean they're because they, they want to keep it with on the field with this refereeing crew and I just don't think I mean so they so they can see it as fast as we see it. So what happens if they see a hold that's not called? Well, I think that that's where you can't that that's where it just it, it's uh, it's endless. I think you got to stick with. Uh, you got to stick with these types of call, these big, big situations with pass interference and stuff. Because that it becomes a definition problem, though. That yeah. becomes a definition. Yeah, problem. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to hash out there, and but but it can, it's, it has to be. Yeah, I ha- th- that can't happen. And if we go to the New England um, KC game, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, questionable calls there. I, I mean, but the problem, I don't have a big problem with the Edelman thing because they reviewed it, and I don't think he touched the ball. I don't think so. So, either. so I mean, I think I thought it was pretty clear that he didn't touch the ball. Right, it's close. So I, I didn't have a big issue with that, and then there was that big pick that they missed, uh, that went how against about, that went against that about. went against New England, by the way, uh, the KC pick where he obviously picked the uh, the receiver picked the uh, DB, and they, and they that guy did the wheel route, and that that was pretty bad. Right. Uh, and well, also, how about you talk about you talk about penalties and probably the biggest penalty of the game for Kansas City, they they would be in the Super Bowl right now. Deep oh Ford, yeah, that was killer. Everyone is going to line up. Uh, to, to hand money to is got his not just his hand like his oh he's, he was way offside at what point off, offside the ball was picked off and they would be uh, going to Atlanta well, guys, guys at what point at what point is D Ford he's looking at the ball and I'm sure he's <laughs> what's running through his mind is man get there get there get there right and his mind's on the game at what point at any point did he go man I'm way ahead of the ball here. <laughs> Maybe I should take a but guys, maybe I should take a half step back. Guys, put this in perspective. Put this in how snake bit. 
are the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. If he doesn't line off offside, which was the dumbest play ever, they are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, wrap your head around that. Yeah. I mean, I feel I'm a Raider fan. I hate the Chiefs. I feel for their fans. I feel right. for their fans. They deserved it. And, 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 you know, it was just a dumb play. You want to kill this guy. But, and then, and, and, you know, and, you know, Andy Reid took the high road there, too. He didn't kill him. He yeah. also defended him, say, hey, sometimes the referee will warn you on that. I guess he was trying to back it up a little bit. But, yeah. my, but what bad luck that is. Well, you, you know, you know I mean, can you, call, unless, unless you can make an argument, John, is that coaching? Shitty, of, you know, that you never no, line up in the neutral zone. You, you can't blame that on the coach. Well, no, come on. I agree. I agree. No, someone no, 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 someone might go the, there. No, who would? Well, what idiot would go there and say that's the coach's fault that a guy lo- looked looked at the ball and said, I'm offside, I'm going to well, stay here. Can't, oh, come on. Would New England ever do it? Never. Would oh, New England ever line up in the neutral zone? Human well, beings I, make I, mistakes. I get you. Well, sure. you know, but it's here's the thing. Human beings make human mistakes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 guys, I agree with you. And I agree that they are an actually snake bitten. And it's, I mean, I well, can't listen, believe it. It was there here. And, and now we got to hear the Tom Brady, the, uh, the, the, uh, the underdog now going into his, uh, you know, his ninth Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Are we here's not- a side note to the whole Kansas City thing. They fired the defensive coordinator yesterday. Yeah. Bob Sutton was shown the door oh. after they could stop no one. On that drive in overtime, you hear about saying, oh, Mahomes never got the ball. Mahomes never got the ball. Hey, listen, Brady had not one, not two, three, third and ten, and they couldn't get off the field. Well, no. Okay. And Tony so Romo called every play. <laughs> Yeah. Tony Romo is excellent, by the way. Field. Make one play, fellas. Tony Romo was calling every play. Hey, they're going to throw it up the middle. They're going. Gronk is going to pick a guy here, and they're going to. If he saw it, how about we stop that pass over the middle? Can we do something about Justin Edelman? Yeah, that's what I mean. But, but, but here's the, the thing, uh, but guys, I couldn't stop him. Let's 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 close on this one too, because I think I'm going to get some uh, pushback from you guys on this. But I I think it's absolutely ridiculous that a coin flip decided it for the Patriots who went down. I get it. I get the argument that Kansas City's got to stop them there, but they just played four quarters of football. Are you kidding me? Give Pat New Orleans. New Orleans won the coin flip, and Breeze threw an interception, and they lost. Got it, so, got it. But you got to, Liz, you got to give Pat Mahomes a shot. I don't like the way they do the college football thing. I think it's ridiculous. Like whatever, lining up on the thirty-five. It's not even football. But just do it straight. You know, New England gets a shot. They go down. They score. Let Kansas City take a shot. And now Kansas City must score, obviously. How exciting is that drive? Then you're in the middle of the field, fourth and 12 or something like that. Pat Mahomes, I mean, with a home crowd. A lot of excitement there. We missed it all because we have this rule where you got to stop him. I guess, you, yeah, I understand you put it on your defense and they have to step up. But come Make on. one play. And by the way, and why? what are we worried about? We're worried about them playing more football i mean 162 games mlb plays what is it the, NH, nhl a, I, I get it it's 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 the it's the most difficult the most uh, yeah it, it's the most I physical sport you. give it's them a chance difficult. come on they played 16 games I, you can't play an extra quarter give me a break on that just give me a break they should play that out i just believe that they should play that out let Okay, let New England get back on the field and let Mahomes get his shot now. I mean, there's there's a lot of excitement there, and I think that's the way to go. And by the way, no one would no one would disagree with that. Plenty of people disagree with how it's gone down. I don't think many people would be like, well, why is 
Now, why is KC getting a shot now? Nobody. Now, what would they have to do? Would they have to score a touchdown? Would they Absol- have to John, abs- no, like I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about going a whole period. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying absolutely. Now, if they go down and they score. they kick a field goal? Then no, 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 it's over. You can't. They have to score because they gave up a touchdown to New England. They have to All go right, down so and do they score. Have to go for two in the win, or do they kick it? Uh, you know, we could talk. Ab- we could talk about those things. Sure, we could talk about Does those New things. New England get the ball again, and then New England would get the ball again. Sure, or you could do the two mi- or the two point conversion. I kind of didn't even think about that, John. But something where they get the ball and get to take a shot back. They played. Come on, they played four quarters. They played sixty minutes of football. Come on. Well, then you're going to the college rule. You're just going to do with college. Well, does. no, because they line up at 35. I don't like that. I mean, to line up. And, and, and another thing, too, if you don't want you want to get less banging and all that stuff, less chance of injury and all that stuff, no kickoff. Start at the 25. Start at the well, 30. You're going, you know, okay. I, I mean, I guess there's ways to look at it. No, que- just, um, no question. And, you know, and you it, know, it's divided. overtime games, and the, the team that won the coin toss did not win both games. So there's ESPN. that whole aspect. ESPN did it with um, uh, Mike Green, that show there. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have it? It's Mike Green, right? Greeny, they call him? Uh, Greenberg. Greenberg, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. So it is show. Yeah, that's how much I watch the show. Yeah. But I, I do catch it here and there. And they had, you know, both, you know, they had three and three going at it. And it was a good argument, which is what's great right. about it's great. It's what's great about sports, right? Is yeah, to have that yeah. argument, and I, I totally sure. was on the side of absolutely giving Pat Mahomes a shot at going down the field, and uh, and then then you got it, then you got your winner. Yeah, right. Well, you know the problem is they should have won the coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, and let's it, blame it on the guy who picked it. Exactly. Right, but uh, uh, listen, I you know, and that that being said. You've got New England going back again. I mean, listen, it's a it's a great great organization, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, look, I mean, they're there every year. You can you can you can curse it, but they're they're great. There's no question about it. They are. But, I would have liked to have seen Kansas City win. I would have liked to have seen anybody else win. But the fact of the matter is. You got to tip your cap to him, and yep. yeah, I mean, there's Spygate and there's Deflategate, and those will always follow Belichick and uh, and Brady. But mm-hmm. in the end, it's been a great tandem. Yeah, the the names change. Look, look what Gronk did. He had a horrible year, relatively. Mm-hmm. Everybody, in yeah. fact, uh, late when the uh, the uh, the pass is picked off. Right, it was off his fingertips or just a little overthrown. I was about to say to my son as we were watching the game, "Well, that's the last play of Gronk's career." Then, of course, he yeah. gets called back because of the penalty, and they wind yeah. up winning. Like somehow, in that game, he was on the field for maybe every play, every offensive play, or just about. Like that's what's amazing about them. They right. figure it out. They get a Chris Hogan off the lacrosse field. Yeah. Um, Julian Allen Edelman. Believing in him, yeah, you yeah, know, uh, yeah, they just they find it, and, and and he's and and listen, Tom Brady gets rid of the ball because you're always saying like he's you know, right. but he does he, but they find offensive linemen. Like, look, they never have a, a top pick, never. They always got to find these players late in the draft, and they do it, and then Bill Belichick coaches them up, and and his staff coaches them up, man. Jeff Saturday, and Brady is never touched. That yep. offensive line that they put around him, as you mentioned, none of them are first round draft picks. He is never touched. right because they're I mean, they amazing. They're coached the amount of times that he drops back to throw 
Yeah. He, he's got a clean pocket. The guy's 41. He's less mobile than Eli Manning. Can we can we all agree on that? And he never seems to have to. Clean yeah, but you know why? But John, he knows where everybody is on the field, and he gets rid of the ball. And but that's what makes him so great. Get rid of the ball. you know what? Time to get rid of the ball. Yeah, but he he gets rid of it faster than anybody. Really, I mean, if you look at it, he's 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 back three step drop, and the ball's out, man. It's you well, know not all the time. I mean, um, he's definitely got a clean pocket. And by the way, if he oh by, oh by the way, a giant fan, if he gets any kind of pressure, he's done. Two giant for a Super Bowl wins against them, which was incredible. By the way, you guys, that was incredible. That as good as New England is, you guys won twice, not once twice and both times you pressured the hell out of him and he was done so that's what i'm saying if you right. get to him he he's he's less mobile than Eli. right I but mean, part of the whole thing is he gets scramble. rid of the, rid of the ball so quick so here he is in his 40s Put going eric flowers and patrick omame on his <laughs> offensive line and let's see how good he is yeah. Well, you know, but here's the thing, you know, Belichick might very well figure out a way to coach, get them in the position where they Not can succeed. I don't know. <laughs> or or more likely he would look at them and say, no, right. they're not. <laughs> or, or, or what they also do, right? And <clears throat> I'm going to go back to Lou Lamorello because he had this trait as well. If you don't fit in right away, you're gone. Like, Goodbye. now he would always, Lou, and I'm sure, uh, Belichick does the same thing. Eh, you'll kind of look as well. I hate to use a terrible example, but like Hernandez, right? Crazy character, yeah. mm-hmm. but he kept him around because he could play. Uh, there's there's rules and there are rules, right? Mm-hmm. But if we have you set up for this position to play it this way, we think you can do it. Once you decide you're on your own island, you're gone. Like they don't. Yep. Lou Lamorello didn't keep guys around. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick doesn't keep guys around. It's about the system. It's about the organization. It's about fitting in. Again, there there are outliers that you could use all the time as examples to the contrary. But for the most part, hey, we think you can work out. No, you don't. We're cutting you. It's amazing. Matt, his three, his three big words with his team, and I use it with my guys when I pick my team every year. Belichick always says, "Is I think it's on a billboard in their in their locker room somewhere." Do your job. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. you're there to do a specific job. Nothing more. We don't need you to be doing anything more. I tell my guards, you bring the ball up, you facilitate the offense. Big people, you're under the basket, you rebound, block out, you do all that kind of stuff. Do your job, and the team as a whole will be able to 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 do right most of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's rather simple, but it's incredibly effective. Well, we'll and get he's into got the- guys to buy in a 53 man roster for how many years now is he in New England? And they buy in each and every year with all the malcontents you read about in, in professional sports. He doesn't seem to have very many of them. And if he does, like you say, they're gone in a heartbeat and, and they just all they do is win death taxes and the Patriots. Yep. Well, guys, we'll uh, we'll talk about the big game next week. Is, did anybody see an early line? I didn't see anything. Matt, you see anything yet? Uh, I think it was like two and a half. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, Patriots, obviously. So, uh, yes, that's, uh, well, you know, uh, you got, uh, you got your old veterans. Okay. Going against a, a young team. I mean, pretty exciting matchup. Once we get all through all this, uh, referee crap and, and, and then look at the matchup, it actually, uh, it, it looks like, uh, it looks like, uh, an exciting, uh, Super Bowl once again. And we'll of course cover it. You know what else? You're on our have, site. Steve, Go ahead. On a side note. We have um, like a uh, a World Series 
part two, Red Sox and Dodgers. We've got Boston and L.A. one more time, and let's see how this one's going to come out. Get the duck boats ready. <laughs> Get the duck boats ready. Absolutely. The big game in two weeks in uh, Atlanta, or less than two weeks yeah. now, so we're excited about that. And, of course, we're overly excited about the Pro Bowl. Yet for, uh, but, for our it, staying in Atlanta? What's that? Have our credentials come in? Yeah, we got to oh, we, we work on that. I'll call Greg. He hasn't returned <laughs> my looking, emails I keep lately. I've been in, in the yeah. mailbox. I haven't seen anything. You yeah. guys let me know when you're. Well, we're, we're, we're working on those, Johnny. <laughs> All right. So great show. Uh, this is moresportsnow.com. Check out our site. We uh, we write articles. We got a one minute piece that we put on a few t- uh, days a week. Uh, we've got our, our podcast, of course, as well. And uh, that's all on our site. And uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And we are on Instagram as well. And uh, this is our weekly show. We'll be back next week, of course, with plenty more sports talk. Steve Titchener, Matt Lachlan, John McAlevey. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.